Housing Wire audience. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Housing News Podcast brought to you by your friends at Housing Wire. A big thank you to our sponsor this week, Blend. Blend is a digital mortgage platform that streamlines the loan process with an efficient and secure and transparent customer experience. Blend powers both industry-leading teams at some of the nation's largest lenders, as well as regionally focused credit unions and community banks. With over a billion in loans processed daily, every Blend partnership is benchmarked on delivering a truly exceptional customer experience. To learn more about Blend, visit Blend.com. So jumping into today's podcast, uh, every week we try to take a look at some of the biggest stories that, uh, that is impacting the housing economy and that our audience uh, kind of across the housing economy from real estate agents and mortgage lenders and appraisers and uh, everybody in, in Washington, D.C., everybody in the housing world um, is focusing on. And this week there are two stories that in a, in, a, in a big way stood out that our audience was really engaging with. And I'm excited to bring on a guest today to, to help add some context to what he's seeing in the, in the mortgage lending world um, and, and how that is impacted by these stories that the Housing Wire broke this week and we've been covering and, and informing our audience on. So before we jump into the, the news of the week, I want to introduce this week's guest. Uh, this week, we are honored to welcome Anthony Casa to the podcast. Anthony, he is the chairman of AIM, that's the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts, and also the founder and former president of Garden State Home Loans. Anthony, welcome to the Housing News Podcast. Really, really exciting. I've, I've been dying to be on this for a long time, so thank you for finally having me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, welcome. So, Anthony, I, I've been been asking our last few guests last few weeks, like we, we really love stories here at Housing Wire. It's what we kind of pride ourselves on is, is storytelling, and uh, and I think it would be a missed opportunity to, to have the audience kind of hear, hear your story and how did you get started in the mortgage industry and, and how did that bring you to, to where you are today as the, the chairman of the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts? Yes. So the, uh, the, the, the short story is I got into the mortgage business at the age of 18 and um, first job as a loan officer um, and the business was almost as fascinating then as it is now um, as far as mindset. And basically I, I went to a world where everybody, when rates were low, subprime, open credit markets, um, everybody was doing great. So, you know, I came in there and, you know, everybody was doing great, working nine to five on the golf course. And my whole thing was, you know, I'm just gonna put my nose down, learn this business and, you know, try to make a living and, and make this what I do for the rest of my life. So I uh, became a top salesperson. Eventually, uh, by the time I was 20, I was you know, running a big sales organization. Um, by the time I was 23, I started my mortgage brokerage, Garden State Home Loans, um, which basically you know, evolved into being one of the top brokers in the country. Um, but the biggest learning lesson that I had over the 15 years as just being in the mortgage origination space was how the market is such a gauge of everybody's uh you know i guess uh whether they're optimistic or pessimistic about the, the future of the industry in six months so we'll talk a little bit about that because the last six months have been really uh polarizing when it comes to kind of uh perception um but you know after being at garden state home loans for eight years and leading that to be a top brokerage and you know i miss my team there i just i was just exchanging pictures with some of my team members that were from there and it's like you know as much as you know, I remember like the, the days are so long, you're an origination, you're grinding, realtors, the whole thing. 
and how tough that was. I, I miss it every day. It's just like it really. The, 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 this business is really just such a people business, um, and it was great. So I started AIM. Um, there was a little bit of a thing in between. We won't talk about that today. For all, <laughs> we'll save that for another day. But I started AIM, and it's, uh, basically it's an organization that's exclusively focused on independent mortgage experts, independent mortgage brokers, um, and the whole concept. To be honest with you, is just like I look at. There's a huge gap in our industry right now and there's you know mba represents independent mortgage bankers the nam represents you know now they're representing mortgage brokers again but they're nobody's really focused just on the originator and the independent originator i think it's it's important that they have representation because at the end of the day um there's 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 one simple thing that uh every single consumer in this country that's purchasing a home at this point um, ends up working with an originator and whether you're working with the tech companies that are out there like uh, rocket mortgage or even better mortgage you're still working with the loan originator so like you that is going to be your expert the degree of expertise might range uh, pretty significantly but it's an important role it will be a role that is going to be important from now until as long as there is mortgages regardless of what technology companies say so that's who we champion, and uh, it's it's been an interesting journey. It's been a great year. We have you know we've gone from zero members to forty thousand members, at six events. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Honestly, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> that's that's cool. So you brought up the the value of the the loan originator, and that um, that that's like so in line with a theme that we've been talking about for a lot this month, but even like kind of going back years and. Uh, a few weeks ago at our conference, Casey Crawford was talking about the, the value of the, the human touch of, from a loan originator and, and working with borrowers. Um, Michelle Garg from Better that you just mentioned was saying the same thing. Last week, we had Alec, Han Alec Hansen from Loan Depot. He was talking about the value of the human touch and, and, and the value of a loan originator. Um, these are all interesting perspectives for me because the last few years we've talked so much about digital disruption and in uh, the digital mortgage. So like what's what's your view on kind of the future of the human touch and the loan originator in the process and, and working with uh, and working with first time home buyers and repeat home buyers. I'm, I'm just kind of curious there as you uh, as you kind of think about the future 12 months out or 12 years out. Um, yeah, well, I, 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 think, I think a lot of, 24 months ago, it, the popular thing was to talk about how technology is going to disrupt, and it was a lot of conversation around LOs, and I think what ended up happening is reality happened, which is, you know, it, it, if you got a borrower from a 700 credit score up, 20% down, everything's clean, yes, you can have a fully digitized experience, you can have a very low-touch experience, but the minute that you get a divorce, a judgment, any type of hairy situation, which is not the fringe case, that's, that's the majority. There's always gonna be something dicey. You do need somebody that can actually uh, discuss the borrower's options. You, got, you need somebody that understands product and product optionality. So, so for me, I, I think it was, it was, it was a cool um, trend word and it was a buzzword for, for a couple of years and everybody's sort of coming back to the reality of how do we support originators in a way where they can focus on their expertise and less on the manufacturing. And, and, and now that everybody's kind of coming back to that reality that that's what they have to do instead of trying to, you know, squeeze the originator out, um, there's been this re, uh, the, I mean, wholesale and retail 
are both looking at the originator the same way right now. They have to understand they have to give them the tools and resources to best serve their customers, but also um, just you know be the relationship manager, be the person at their, their point of contact to give them the expert opinion up front, but get them out of the way of processing and fulfillment. And I think everybody's kind of working towards that now. Yeah, I think that's a uh, kind of that that view that every loan isn't isn't cookie cutter and and running a, a mortgage factory or manufacturing loans is a is a really kind of tough way to look at it. Um, that, that's something that people weren't saying 24 months ago when uh, when we were talking about digital disruption. And uh, so I think that's a really interesting perspective. And that what happened? Reality happened. I mean, that yeah. is, <laughs> I, I, I laugh about it because it, it, you're you see you're one of our social media groups. We have. 3,000 brokers in a group. And I, I laugh about it because at Garden State, we are a pretty cookie cutter company. So brokers will come in and say, hey, you know, where's the best place to take this, you know, borrower? They got, you know, basically they've been in the country for a month. Uh, they have a bank statement. And like, I'm, I'm sitting there like, you know, that loan can't get done because I haven't been selling loans for, I haven't been an originator for a year and a half. So I, I'm not in the weeds like I used to be. Meanwhile, five brokers are like, take it here, take it there. I'm like, wait, this has a home? It has multiple homes? But that's where the expertise comes in. It's understanding, you know, what is, you know, what products are out there. And they might not be the product that is, you know, the best product long term. It might be a short term product that gets the borrower in the home and you're refinancing them into a better product down the line. But it's knowing all those products and you can't automate it. So, so talking about products and talking about a product that's not definitely not always cookie cutter that, that kind of brings us into the by, by in a big way the most popular story on on housing wire this week uh which was about donald trump signing uh signing into law the blue water navy vietnam veterans act which allows home buyers in the va program to borrow above the 2019 limit uh, in most counties without any down payment and the subject of, of VA lending and, uh, and that, that benefit for veterans has, has come up a lot this year. And we saw the industry and our audience um, uh, affected and engage in a really big way about this, uh, about this bill coming into law. And I'm, I'm really interested to hear, to hear your perspectives about the potential in-cap of the, the impact of the elimination of this cap uh, on the mortgage industry and, and on VA lending. Well, I, I think it definitely, I mean, the, the reality is that market right now, the jumbo lending market is, is for the most part being dominated by big banks. So, you know, anytime you're in a situation where non-bank lenders, mortgage brokers, loan originators are now going to have the ability to access something that can, a, a product that can compete with the big banks, it, it's, it's a win for the industry. It's a win for consumers. Like to me, at the end of the day, it's a big deal. Now, you know, is it 100% financing? Is it, you know, is that market uh, more, uh, you know, kind of is market conditions when it comes to home values impactful at those higher loan amounts? Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, 5% on, you know, your home declines 5% on a 100% financing program on an $800,000 purchase, you're underwater day one. Um, so I, I understand the concerns there, but the truth is VA loans perform overwhelmingly the best of all loans. They're, 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 the credit worthiness is very, very good. So, you know, that would be my opinion that it's, it's a positive. 
One of the things that I'm wondering about is we, we've talked about affordability so much, and it seems like with the lack of in, lack of inventory, uh, starter homes, and that price point varies depending on where you are in the country, seem, seem to be flying off the shelf and, uh, and moving really quickly. But we're starting to see some slugg- sluggishness in, um, in uh, kind of in jumbo-sized uh, properties. I wonder if this uh, law, which I don't believe comes into effect until January 1st, we got a few more months before we actually see the impact, um, starts to uh, kind of loosen up and um, that, that jumbo size property. I don't know if it's if we want to kind of nationally say um, 484 to a million dollars, but I, I'm, I'm curious the impact on the, the, if it'll have an impact on the real estate market. I mean, it definitely could. I mean, I think it'll have an impact, but I don't think it's going to have the, uh, any type of, um, it's not going to have a large impact. I, like in my, my opinion right now, what you're seeing is there are definitely states that were impacted by the, the new tax law that you're seeing migration trends out of those states. I mean, like California, New Jersey, New York, people are like, you know, because of new tax laws, you can't write off your income tax, the state income tax, you can't write off your property taxes. You're seeing masses of people go to Florida, go to go south. So I, I, I don't think VA is going to help buck that trend. I think people right now are, are making decisions, um, not necessarily based upon, you know, whether it's a jumbo product in the market, but based upon factors that weren't there two years ago. And, and I think, I think that's a real, um, I think that's a real trend that, anybody that's in the Northeast or in California seeing. That's and obviously Texas has been a, a big winner in the whole thing. Yeah. I, I know you're based up in uh, the, the Philly, New Jersey area. Are you seeing in, in your market and, uh, or, or from the conversations with the brokers that you represent through AIM, um, are, are they seeing uh, kind of working age homeowners and potential homeowners make that move South? And, and are they, and are they like, finding employment in those Southern states that's, uh, that, that they're seeing in the Northeast? I don't think it's, it's not impacting that market. It's only, it's really impacting the jumbo market, the higher income earners. Yeah. That, that's really where you're seeing the impact. The middle market is, I would say the biggest uh, area of the market that you're seeing a struggle is in the lower starter home market. And I think that's the, one of the tools that is constantly being missed out right now is, is renovation lending and, and some of the construction products that are out there. It's just when you get into these situations where rates dip or there's a huge decline in rates, people tend to kind of maneuver to refinance. That's just the popular trend. But the truth is in, in a purchase market like this, when you talk to your renovation lenders like, you know, American Finance, uh, AFR Wholesale, or you talk to HomePoint Financial or Caliber, you know, they'll tell you that, you know, those products, that's where, you know, you're seeing volume, you're seeing home purchases um, getting done that wouldn't normally get done. And, and not a lot of originators are focusing on those renovation products. That's why I think more credit in that space will help drive that lower end of the market. Unfortunately, right now, there's just not enough people focusing on that. Well, I'm glad you went here. This wasn't on my, uh, my agenda for today, but last week, our, like, in another big way, our, our most popular um, article was about Freddie Mac's uh, n- new product in the, uh, in the renovation space. I think our, one of our journalists, KK Halley, kind of um, coined it the fixer-upper product. But uh, I'm interested 
so you, so you see a huge opportunity in, um, in, in a purchase market for people to, for, for lenders to be helping homeowners with, with reno products and, and kind of fo moving uh, the focus away from refi. Um, are you seeing that in the broker community right now? Are you seeing people begin to work with, with AFR and HomePoint and other folks that have that, that product and, uh, and get out there in front of homeowners? Or is there still a, um, a consumer education hurdle that we're, that we're facing right now? Yeah, you know, there, there, there's a consumer education hurdle. There's also there's a little bit of a um, there's a little bit of a manufacturing uh, bottleneck with some of those products. There's a little, it's, they're higher touch for sure. They're, they're longer close times. So I, I think right now uh, the big focus that we're seeing is, is there's more lenders understand that there is that there's nobody's really focusing at a high scalable degree on those products. So you're starting to see fix and flip lenders really make bigger, they're, they're making just as much headway as non-QM lenders. I know non-QM lenders get the, the headlines, but fix and flip lenders are growing and doing great. Um, but the renovation lenders are focusing on doing more fulfillment upfront so they can get originators comfortable with distributing these, these products that are higher touch. So I, I would tell you this, the lenders that are focused on it, AFR Wholesale, their volumes are just as good as they've ever been and they only focus on renovation lending. Um, same thing, HomePoint Financial, um, they have a big renovation division and they're doing really, really well with it. So it is, it is very much region driven. Um, but I, I will tell you that, you know, in, in what I'm hearing from originators is you're, you're dealing with a lot of millennial buyers that want the home that is hundred grand out of their price range and they aren't willing to kind of go through that whole renovation process. So I think there's an education opportunity there. I, I was like watching that trend happen and over the last decade is as multifamily uh, apartment developers built everything as a uh, luxury apartments and you're, yeah. you're getting that granite countertop and you're in your first apartment out of, um, out of college. You don't want to step back to that, that starter home that, that doesn't have those amenities. And uh, I feel like I've, I've kind of seen that, um, that challenge, like, building for the last decade as like the, uh, the rental stock in some markets, especially in the, in the Southeast, uh, yep. was so, was so high quality. You couldn't step out of that starter apartment into a starter home, um, without significantly reducing your, your quality of living. And I don't, not really quality of living, but like <laughs> expectations <laughs> on finishes. Yeah. It, or high, or or in a, increasing your monthly outflow in a in a, in a really big way, yeah. um, and and that, that that's really the, the chicken egg uh, situation where you get there's people that will evaluate it and they'll say okay well you know if I want to go down the path of renovating it myself down payment monies to actually do the mm -hmm. renovation it, it really becomes one of those things and again this is why an expert is so important having a mortgage loan originator that can actually sit there and say hey listen just so you understand here's what the options truly are. Here's what this option looks like. And here's what the cost is. Um, getting the right person is really, really important. I, I feel so kind of shifting a little bit. One other topic that we, we keep seeing interest in are iBuyers. And I feel like the, the mortgage and real estate market have both kind of been watching with, with caution uh, of how um, kind of Wall Street or institutional buyers coming into the, the market and, and buying um, inventory will impact uh, the ability of first time home buyers or repeat home buyers to, to access housing stock. One of the positives I've seen pointed to with iBuyers is that 
they're improving properties at a lower cost than a first time homeowner would be able to and helping improve aging housing stock. Do you think that, that do you, do you agree that that's a potential uh, kind of fix to that uh, kind of mismatch of consumer expectation and, 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 and uh, the need for our aging housing stock to be improved or renovated? It could be. I mean, I, I think everybody tends to go down the, 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 the boogeyman path and say like, oh, this yeah. is the end of the world. And, and like, that's like, there's always that end of the world story. Amazon's getting the mortgage banking. We're all going away. Zillow's going to get, like everybody just goes immediately to the worst case scenario. I don't know. I think, I think, it, it, I think it, it could serve a big, big purpose because we have an issue. Builders cannot participate at scale in that market right now, okay? So like it's just their access to credit, their ability to uh, do anything more than, you know, you have builders that can do five to 20 homes, they can't do anything on scale. Yep. So there's a, there, there is an opportunity there. And I, I think I sent you a, an article on uh, Compass. They're, they rolled out a, a product, which I, you know, I'm not somebody that gets into the real estate world much, I'm kind of just the broker guy. But it was innovative. You're, that's you're the, now, that's the concierge product, right? Yes, exactly. They, they basically, you know, allow their listing agents to go to somebody that's listing a home and similar situation. Hey, I have a house here that's worth, that's worth 200 grand as is. Yep. If it has a new kitchen, this, that, the other thing, you put 50 grand into it, you're selling it for 325. They will literally finance the whole thing. They'll, they'll pay for all the renovations. They'll handle the project management. And then as a, uh, as a, they'll recapture their money when the home actually sells. That's innovation. Okay. So that, that's something that they're doing at scale. They're doing, you know, in every market across the country. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thinking that I think will truly disrupt the market. I think, I think that's a value proposition that nobody's currently doing. And I think uh, it's definitely getting a lot of, uh, a lot of attention. And, and the best part about this is everybody's talking about the real estate commission going down. And these guys are saying, we're going to go to 8%. Yep. So, We're gonna add, but they're going to add value in a different way. Exactly. But, but see, that's the thing is everybody, even right now in the mortgage space, everybody's trying to, you know, do the same thing and add no value. It's like, Hey, we're going to give you a nice application on the front end. And now because the customer got a, a quick app, the process is still the old manufacturing. Mm -hmm. always. Nobody's trying to innovate like that. So that stood out. And I think this iBuyer thing, time will tell how it impacts the market, yeah. but it's uh, it, it could be beneficial. It should be beneficial. I, I think time will tell the impact of, of programs like concierge as well. I, I know like when you look at home renovation data, there's, there's certain projects that have a part positive ROI, but, mo but most of them don't. And uh, there's, there's thing, there's a certain level of, of kitchen upgrade you can do before you're just throwing money down the drain and you better be doing it for yourself to enjoy. And, and I think that, what I'm really interested to see on the back end of programs like concierge are our dollars put into positive ROI projects. And if you're do you're putting 25 or 30 K into renovation to get or, or update to get a home ready for sale, are those dollars coming right back out? And are they coming back out with a, with a return on investment or, um, or did we just make the realtor's job a lot easier to, to move a property? That, 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 that's, that, that's a fair, you know, we will have to see how that, what that impact is, but I will tell you this, that in, in a lot of cases right now, if you're re, if you're renovating a kitchen because this is what you think is going to be your forever home, 
mm-hmm. you're going to do exactly what you talked about. You're going to get the, the kitchen that's probably never going to get the return on investment. Yeah. You're going to get the marble countertops, the sub-zero, well, maybe not everybody's sub-zero, but you're going to get a really nice kitchen. When these guys are doing it, they're not doing it for the, that, for that situation. They're doing it strictly as a biz, an unemotional business decision. What's going to help improve the value? What's going to be, you know, the, the thing that sells it, but yep. we get an ROI. So I don't know, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like it should be something that's getting done correctly and without emotion, but you know, at the w- w- concierge at, at the, at the least is going to push all the competitors. It's going to push Keller mm-hmm. Williams. It's going to push all those other guys to innovate. And anytime, just like we're doing in the broker space that you push competition and you push innovation, all it does is drive more innovation, drives competition. So it's a good thing. Okay. So last subject of the day, you, you brought up innovation. Uh, what technology innovations are you seeing right now in the, in the mortgage industry that are actually helping loan originators be, be more impactful? Oh, uh, well, I, mean, I didn't think that'd be tough. I th- there's, there's, there's so much, but, uh, I don't know. Tell me yeah, it, 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 it's probably, uh, the, the, I don't know if, if, if anybody that's really in the mortgage industry knows that that's like a big joke um, is the technology. Everybody's disrupting something, but nobody's actually providing anything. There's some companies that are doing some really interesting things um, that we are big fans of. You know, HomeBot is, is a company that, you know, is doing some really uh, uh, well-packaged, yep. user-friendly technology that helps uh, loan little, you know, one-man loan officers uh, do retention at a high degree. So you're seeing pockets of innovation. Am I seeing anything that's really a big, big game changer? Not really, but I, I will tell you this. Um, the one area that is changing is that people are starting to realize that the CRM is the core of your business. Like it used to be, it was like LOS and then you know, CRM was always kind of a secondary thought. I mean, I know some of the biggest lenders in the country don't even have a CRM. I'm talking about like top five mm-hmm. lenders. So like, I, I will tell you this, the emphasis on CRM as a, as a core is really, really a, a prominent thing. And I think, I think when you see companies like uh, Loan Depot uh, with Mellow and you see Quicken, like these are companies that their technology, it's all built around, you know, Salesforce built on CRM. So um, that's, that's a very important part of this business that's been ignored. It's really, I mean, both of the things you just pointed at there are not solutions that are taking the loan originator or the human touch out of the process. They're enabling the loan originator to be more impactful at retaining uh, their existing clients, their past clients, and keeping that conversation going. So, I mean, I think that is a, is a really kind of good uh, good closing point because we, we wrapped it from start to finish. The human touch matters. <laughs> human touch matters. No matter what, human touch matters. And I'm telling you right now, I, you're in Dallas. I talked to Chad Smith. He runs uh, Consumer Direct yep. for Caliber. And talked to him this morning. He's like, oh, I'm in Dallas. He lives in Irvine. And he's like, I'm going in the office tomorrow. Rates are down. Business is good. I got 100 you know, sales guys. And it's just interesting because like, at the end of the day, it requires a person communicating with a person to drive the transaction. And that's yep. the way it is today. And I will bet the farm that in five, 10 years, that will continue to be the way it is. And so, so, so for all of our listeners right now, Anthony is pounding the table. You can't, you can't see him. I can see him here. You can probably hear it through the microphone. But uh, this, doesn't, this doesn't surprise me at all if you've met Anthony, the guy, the guy pounds the table. Um, Anthony, 
Sorry about that. Thank you very much for joining us today. Housing Wire audience, listeners, all our housing news fans, thank you very much for, for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Um, before we go, big thank you to our producer, Alcena Lloyd. Alcena is a reporter here at Housing Wire. And without fail, always helps me edit and produce these podcasts. So big thank you, Alcena. And another thank you to our sponsor, Blend. If you want to learn more about Blend, check them out at blend.com. Everybody have a great afternoon. Talk soon.